All right, so it's my uh, pleasure to welcome William back up here and, uh, and to hear from you. So, so thank you, William. I know it's a lot going on today, and hopefully it's not too overwhelming for, for everyone. Um, but we wanted to use this time here, which is kind of the usual teaching time, to uh, get to know William a bit more, get to hear from him. Um, but I want to start off by explaining a little more about the role so people know, okay? And so the first slide will show you the title, Coordinator of Youth and Outreach, and there's two arrows that come down. And so the first arrow down from, from youth, so this involves youth groups, all right? So that's obvious, maybe the gatherings, events, uh, go back one. And uh, that one. Um, uh, also to liaise with families, right? And one of the things we're going to get into is how, how what happens in the home is so important for faith formation. Um, how to best practices for, for helping families and do that in camps and that sort of stuff. So there's other things. Those are, the, those are the big categories. And on the right side, outreach, these satellite gatherings. So you recall from our congregational meeting earlier in the year and some other communications that we put out, uh, this is a, a fairly new creative initiative that we're trying, and part of the reason for this is because we acknowledge that as, as culture and society changes, different things, some people will just not come to a church building, uh, but we want to connect them with Jesus. We want to help them. So uh, the idea here is recruiting, training leaders, uh, finding locations, uh, kind of establishing the different formats so that people can, in non-traditional settings, uh, come and get to know the Lord more, fellowship with other people who want to learn on that journey. So, so the, the youth side is a bigger portion, uh, uh, time and, and energy-wise, but the satellite gatherings are a part of that. So uh, having said that, uh, let's talk about uh, keeping Christ at the center of our lives, because that's really what this is all about. So uh, William, we live in a world of distractions. Maybe you don't experience that. The rest of us do experience that. Uh, can you share with us maybe a Bible passage that has been particularly meaningful to you uh, in terms of keeping Christ focused, your life focused on Christ? Um, first of all, I want to say I feel like I'm more on a talk show than at church, so this is, <laughs> this is new to me. But uh, the, the first passage that has been kind of on my mind and in my heart a little bit um, is from Philippians chapter 4. Uh, verse 8, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Um, that and uh, the next one, which is Matthew 6:33. but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Um, and I guess for me, when... Um, thinking about keeping Christ at the center of uh, all things, trying to keep Christ on our minds, trying to uh, seek after his will first, trying to trust him in all things, trusting him especially in our fears and in our anxieties and um, all, of those, all, the, all, the, all of those things. I mean, I really resonate with the idea of it being a world of distractions because it's easy mm. to just want to, you know, I like to come home and just sit down on the couch and you know, watch a TV show or something like that. That rarely happens with my kids running around. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, to be able to just kind of shut off is such a temptation in this yeah. world. And um, if I'm not careful, I do find myself trying to hmm. find my comforts and trying to find you know, uh, my, yeah, just the comforts in the things of this world rather than in Christ. And so trying to be, really be intentional about seeking first the kingdom of God and to think of the things that are not just what's in front of us, but the things that mm -hmm. are above have been really important. Um, and I'm learning that in order to do that, there's a real humility that is needed 
to keep Christ at the center. I think a big part of the Christian faith is recognizing our need for Christ. Um, and we don't recognize that unless we realize how oftentimes, if not every day in every moment, um, recognizing how weak uh, we are, we are prone mm. to be. Um, Paul Washer, um, he said, he asked uh, his congregation, how often do you read your Bible or do you pray? And then he said, uh, how much, oh, how little you do of that shows that you don't really think you are that weak. And so if, mm. you know, if you think that you are weak, then you pray more, then you read the Bible more. But when you read the Bible so little, when you pray so little, maybe that sh shows that you are a little bit more self-dependent. And that hit me like a ton of bricks because yeah. you know, that particular week or any given yeah. week, it's really hard to carve out time to read your Bible and sit down and pray. But I think there's a part where you know, we have to understand that Christ is worthy of being at the center of our lives, but also there's the part where Christ is sufficient for our needs and therefore is the center mm. of our lives. So there's that part where we must pursue Christ and glorify him and lift his name up. But I think there's also that big part where we have to recognize, oh, because I am so weak, my, my needs and all that I worry about can only find their, their satisfaction in, in Christ. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. Given that, let's pray. Um, yeah, we are, we are weak. Um, pray without ceasing. It's on that, on that banner. It's on right the there. banner. It's great. Um, yeah, it's interesting what you say about, about, you know, because you get bombarded with stuff and there's all these distractions and life, there's all these things going on. And actually, I was talking earlier this week with someone who we were talking about, like, the media we consume and the news, and we get, you get bombarded with stuff all the time. Stuff that, you know, 20, 30 years ago, you weren't, images you weren't used to seeing every day coming at you. And with that and with everything else, you come home and I like what you said about, you know, there's a sense you just want to zone out because you're just on overload. But that's different than kind of in a healthy and biblical way focusing on, okay, how do I put, put Christ first at the right. center? You know, yeah. yeah. So it is, it is a proactive thing. And I think that's important because if we don't do it, no one else is going to do it for us. Right. Right. The, it's, we're not having a lot of friends out there in the world kind of keep helping us keep Christ at the center. Right. Now, so, uh, so a significant part of your role, uh, William, is going to be working with young people helping them build their faith. So uh, what's something that happened to you when you were younger, which was a key moment in you becoming a follower of Christ? And like, how did you see God at work in that? So as I mentioned earlier, my father was a minister. Um, he passed away a couple of months ago. And mm -hmm. so there's a, lot of bit of, a little bit of journey on that. But my father mm -hmm. had been a minister and was preaching in the pulpit until pretty much um, right before he went into the hospital. And so growing up, you know, we were no stranger to faith, and my father um, was a, a very uh, faithful minister um, through and through. And despite being a PK or a preacher's kid who grew up in church um, and being in church a lot, I think I missed on having uh, spiritual elders around me, in a sense. Mm. Um, I didn't have many people to look up to beyond my parents. Uh, I grew up in the Korean church, and so there's this very clear segregation, if you know anything about you know, Asian culture in general, between the, the different generations, and you re revered people and regarded them a certain way. So um, better, for better or for worse, you, know, you feel this distance between people who are, who are older than you. So I didn't have many people to look up to, um, and there was a real lack of... I don't want to say a real lack, but uh, maybe there was not the kind of discipleship that I would have liked at that mm. time. Uh, 
Mm -hmm. um, and so it wasn't until really university when uh, my faith became a personal faith. Um, I came, I joined a Christian campus ministry, a Korean Christian campus ministry, and it was through um, that time that I was uh, discipled by a spiritual mentor, um, a spiritual parent, um, and it was the kind of stuff that we did in the ministry was pretty, pretty brutal. Um, we, from Monday to Friday, whether you lived on campus or not, there was morning prayers that you're expected to be at 7 a.m. Um, you're not allowed to miss those. Um, you know, every we should do week, that. Mandatory 7 a.m. Sorry, I forgot. <laughs> uh, every week we had two mid midweek services. So we had a chapel on campus and then we had like a... Uh, InterVarsity service that happened on Fridays mm -hmm. in Toronto. Um, I had led worship and we had evangelism meetings. We had worship team meetings and just more meetings and meetings. And we had like four different retreats throughout the year that the students had to prepare. So it was a lot of work um, and a lot of, you know, a lot of discipline and, mm -hmm. and discipleship. But uh, as difficult as that was, and in hindsight, maybe we didn't need to go so hardcore, um, it taught me quite a bit. And uh, it had a positive impact in my life because I recognize that I can't just live life as I please, that there mm -hmm. are spiritual disciplines to living life. So going back to, you know, we want to zone out or, or things like that, but you have to be intentional about uh, your walk with Christ. And um, I think I appreciated last week, I wasn't here, but I was watching uh, through the cameras how you're talking about the art of noticing. Mm -hmm. And there is a part where we have to notice the things that we can be grateful for, um, but then, you know, when I was thinking about this, I just kept coming back to that idea. I needed to pay attention and notice where my heart was and um, before Christ yeah. and noticing the kind of habits that I allow myself to fall into. Um, and anecdotally, one of the things that had made a huge impact uh, to me was when a senior student, would, uh, he would tell us how he would ask God the smallest of questions. So as he woke up in the morning, and he got ready to go study, he would ask the Lord, should I study in the library today or should I study at home? Mm -hmm. And it's a really simple thing, but it really had a severe impact uh, in my mind and paradigm because I never thought to ask God yeah. about those things. You know, Do we ask God, should I eat the white bread or the whole wheat bread? And to be honest, some of us know the answer to that question already, um, <laughs> but just taking that moment to, to ask that question is important. So for me... Yeah. Um, in my studies, I wanted to be, you know, a DJ, a graphic designer, an illustrator, and I would always ask God, what are the kind of things that I can do with my passions and my hobbies and dreams? Mm. And this one time, he told me to wipe the toilet. And I didn't understand, well, I kind of understood what that meant because I was in a public washroom. And if you are a man going to public washrooms, you know that nine times out of ten, the toilet seats aren't dry. Yeah, right? That's, new. That's news to some of you. I'm sorry, <laughs> Sunday morning, this isn't like appropriate Sunday morning talk. It's okay, we're real. But um, that's, that's the kind of heart he, he gave me in this direction. And hmm. it was kind of this um, reminder that I don't think to God the wiping of the actual toilet was so important, but it was important to be obedient to him even in the small things. And I forget that often. Hmm. but trying to be reminded of how even in the small things we need to be obedient hmm. to God. Yeah. And so, again, on the art of noticing, how do we notice that still sm small voice of God and be obedient in our day-to-day -day lives? 
and even in the most mundane things that we do. Yeah. Um, and you know, instead of trying to fit into fit God into my worldview and my dreams and hopes, um, maybe yeah. it's more about seeing how I can fit into God's worldviews and dreams, even if sometimes that reduces me to having to just wipe toilets. Um, mm. You know, if that's obedience, yeah. if, the, if that's what God wants us to do, then mm-hmm. um, how can we be faithful in that? And, and during my time at that campus ministry, that was a bit of a paradigm or a big paradigm shift for me in terms yeah. of my faith. Wow. Yeah, God looks on the heart, right? Let me ask you, earlier on you'd mentioned kind of a spiritual mentor when you were into that. How old mm-hmm. was that person? Uh, at like the a time, student or was that like a it, Well, she, she was a, she came with a group of uh, students from Korea and they came okay. as kind of mi- student missionaries for one year um, to actually um, come and support that campus ministry. So they were sent oh, wow. from Korea to our campuses and they spent time uh, a year yeah. with us um, and, you know, they... they so they went to yeah. campuses that didn't have a lot of like senior okay. uh, students to lead okay. the ministry. Okay. And so um, we, weekly mm-hmm. we would meet uh, for um, two-on-one, one-to-one Bible study. Mm-hmm. And then they would be the ones to lead us in our morning, um, you know, morning prayer meetings. They were the ones to call okay. us in the morning. Why aren't you here? It's, you know, <laughs> 7.05, you should be here. And I'm getting out of the bed and I'm, I'm saying I'm just getting on down. the bus. <laughs> yeah, so... <laughs> Okay, no, no, that's that's helpful. Um, yeah. What uh, you know? What made you feel called to this to this position here? Um, I think a big part of it, going back to that still small voice, was was the thing. Um, I I would like God to show up sometimes in burning bushes and in you know grand miracles, but He doesn't often work uh, that way. At least in my life, mm-hmm. um, if you do have stories like that, I would love to hear them someday. Um, but he doesn't seem to work um, that way for me. Uh, my father always told me that when it came to ministry for him, God would always just open that one door. And he would not, never have a choice of opportunities. And so if God opened that door, that was a sign to him that, you know, just hmm. faithfully, obediently walk through, through that. And that's kind of been, you know, the, the story for me as well. Um, as you know now, I was the minister at a congregation in Penetanguishene uh, for five years, and I didn't have any intention of you know, necessarily leaving. I didn't feel God calling me to, okay, let's start looking for other opportunities. Right. Um, but it was just that, that one door that when you know, I heard of this opportunity, I felt God saying, well, you could, you could walk through this. Mm-hmm. And just following that still small voice time and time again has led me here, and you know, I don't... Mm-hmm. I, Personally, I have a lot of questions as to, okay, why, why this particular role? What does God have in store for me? Am I just going to end up wiping toilets here or mm-hmm. whatever it may be? But I trust that God knows what he's doing. And, right. and that's been, you know, instead of trying to lean upon myself, you know, trying to humbly walk in faith has been the big thing. And through and through, people have been very affirming that, yeah. you know, that sounds like a great role. You'd be such a great fit for it. And I'm like, okay, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe you know me better than me and, um, and all yeah. those good things. So it's been, uh, it's been a bit of a journey, and I'm just excited to see where God leads, leads us. And um, I think I have some things that I can, like, I have some ideas, and I like being mm-hmm. creative about these kind of things. But ultimately, um, we'll, we'll follow God's call on that. Yeah, that's great. Well, we're excited too. Yeah. Um, how can we as a congregation support you in this, in this ministry? Um, 
lots of prayers um, and lots of graciousness and lots of patience. Uh, if you have creative ideas, you know, please bring them and to be open-minded to, um, I mean, it already seems like this congregation does tend to be open-minded to try um, new and creative things and I think I'm, me sitting here is indicative of that, so that's wonderful. And so I'm excited about that um, and to be able to work with a congregation who would like to, to try new things. But mm -hmm. uh, please pray. Uh, pr pray for my family and I, but also for the particular ministries, whatever that looks like, uh, for the youth, um, for the, the people that we are hopefully needing or that the Lord is calling to, to be touched and moved right. through the outreach. Um, I know... My father used to tell me, or did tell me, I'm going to end up talking about my father a lot, but mm -hmm. uh, he told me that as a minister, when you're in ministry, don't worry so much about the fruits, just be a faithful sower. Um, mm -hmm. And that's kind of what I hope to do here, is, mm -hmm. is that, you know, it's, we would like to see results, um, but, you know, that's God's fruitfulness and the fruit that comes out of ministry and work. That's God's, God's job and, and God's um, God's to do, and for mm -hmm. us, it's just to be faithful sowers, and so to, to sow faithfully mm -hmm. um, is, is the hope and the dream and the prayer. Yeah. Yeah. All right, thank you. Um, now, when we were talking about this, uh, I was going to ask some questions for William, but William wanted to ask me a thing or two uh, as well, so if you want to do that, you are welcome to. And I'll try not to turn it back around on you. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot to write those down, but if I remember correctly, yeah, yeah, yeah. one of the questions was, you know, because I know that my children will soon be in youth, you know, mm -hmm. given in the next five years or so, and mm -hmm. that's, that kind of terrifies me a little. I've worked in youth ministry before, so seven years, um, particularly in Korean churches, and so I know how, how wonderful that can be, but also how challenging that can be. And so for any parents or grandparents who have, you know, have to, you've yeah, been yeah. a youth yourself as well, so yeah. you know what that's like. Um, so for you personally with, you know, yeah. children who are coming up through that age, what is one of the things that you are most excited about and maybe one mm -hmm. of the things that keeps you up at night? <laughs> okay. Um, about, about just youth in general hmm. uh, and being, being in that. I think, I think the, stuff, the stuff that excites me is whenever people, uh, whenever young people just make their faith their own, right? And you always want to be seeing this from a very early age, but, um, you know, when, when people... Well, here's, here's an example from, a, from someone who is not a youth, but someone was in a small group one time and we were talking and they said, I, you know, I always thought that I was a Christian, but now after kind of, you know, on this, being on this journey, I know that I am one. And so like something had changed in them, realized, oh, this isn't just stuff, it's, it's, it's the fundamental convictions of my heart. And so uh, I love the you know, confirmation process we have or new members process we have or when someone is just exploring their faith and they come to church somehow and then they you know, make this profession of faith in Jesus. To me, that's what's exciting, you know, when people, people do that. So it's making their faith their own. This isn't just something my parents or my grandparents, this is something I believe, who is Jesus? And how can my life be different? For, for following them. So I think that's what, that's what really excites me. Um, so if we can facilitate that and help that, um, I think that's good. At the same time, knowing that the fundamental things happen in the home. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that's important. And like when you look at the research, uh, and you know this, and, and uh, Julie and I have talked about this through the years, you're going to get to know Julie, um, but how the, you know, the, the factors in faith formation in people, there's like, we, we think, oh, youth group, Sunday school, church, all that stuff. That stuff's on the list, but it's here. 
What's here is what happens in the home. And that's not to put too much pressure on everybody, but you know, when there's that consistency and faithfulness and what's going on and, and we're in worship and we're praying together, you know, other stuff supports that. Mm -hmm. um, so, but when people kind of take that on. So I think what, what kind of, you know, what, what makes me anxious or um, I think with, with young people or, or a concern is that I think that more than 30 years ago, being a young person who is following Jesus makes them very different. And so that's something that, that I would say is an opportunity. So it makes them different um, uh, to be okay with being different, I think, as well. Like, I'm, I'm going to be different than some of my peers because of my faith. And, and when, I, when that happens, to a couple of things. First of all, as, as counterculture or maybe as counterintuitive as it seems, to see it as a blessing, right? And Jesus says it's a blessing when we are... Um, when people call us things for, for, uh, for our faith, a blessing, but also just equip them for it. So I would say I would want to, you know, with our young people, what are they specifically dealing with? What are they experiencing? How do we equip them so that they can talk about their, their faith? So I think that's, does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, okay. Now what about as a parent? So you're talking about, right, right. you know, in general in terms of the ministry, but mm -hmm. as an actual parent of someone who's in youth now, mm -hmm. You, are you, how are you enjoying that, and what are, what are some things there that, um, mm -hmm. I guess, for, for other parents' sake, as, as a yep. parent, you know, it, bringing your children to, to church, what are some things that um, you would like to see um, right. at the church level? Um, not, not just the spiritual formation, Bible study, like those yeah. programs, which are great, um, mm -hmm. but how does, how does the congregation come around um, and I'm sure they, they have been come, come around your yeah. family as a whole. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I hear you. So it's interesting. So some of you who, who may, not, may have not been here that long, when Laura and I came here, we didn't have any kids. And so we came, and that was 15 years ago. So I've been here over 15 years. And I remember being at this lectern uh, saying that Laura was pregnant with Sarah. And it was so exciting. And now she's there. She's in grade nine, by the way. So you talk about things to be thinking about. Uh, she's in grade nine. Uh, but then we had Ben fairly quickly afterwards. Then we had Anna fairly quickly afterwards. And Laura and I were talking this past week. And she said, uh, I remember the Sunday when you announced that, that I was pregnant with Anna. And I think I heard audible gasps. <gasps> you know. <laughs> <laughs> fairly quick succession. But yeah, so, so we've, th this church is such a part of our lives through, through the years and the various ups and downs and stuff like that. Um, I would see, I would see, I think teaching is important mm -hmm. within, within the context of, of youth ministry in the church. I think people need to know that. Uh, Laura and I were both listening to a podcast a couple weeks ago about youth ministry and what works and what doesn't and the evolving landscape. And one of the things was, it's like we can, you know, it's interesting because there's research about young people who have left the faith, of course, and it's interesting. It's not for the reasons that quite often you would think about, um, you know, whether the church has a youth group, whether they don't, whether the kind of music is this or that, whether it's big or small, all of that stuff have actually factored almost, it was almost insignificant. Yeah. It, it had a difference, but it was, of course, what's happening in the home. But another thing they highlighted was that teaching is important. So we can gather a bunch of people and have fun, and we will have fun, and there's pizza, and there's events, and all that stuff, but teaching biblical truths, the Word of God, is so important, because if you're not forming that 
the world is changing to such a degree that they don't have a structure. You know, they don't have anything to build their faith upon. So teaching, I would say fellowship is important, uh, fellowship and peers. So the context of the congregation, um, coming along, supporting, uh, praying, um, consistency too. When we show up at things with us and with our young people, we are supporting them. So not only with people close to their age, but like you said, spiritual mentors. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, I think the fact that you were a PK, a preacher's kid, may have actually... I don't, I don't know, I'm just guessing, but from what I've seen, sometimes it's like, okay, they're, they're fine. And so you don't have those other connections, but other people who are in the congregation mm-hmm. taking an interest in young people, asking how they are, what's going on? Hey, you in grade seven? That's great. What's that like? How can I pray for you? Is so important. So the teaching, the fellowship, uh, and I think one of the things the church can help with is, uh, and, and this is just, of course, my, my family, us together collectively, is helping young people see the difference their faith makes, faith makes so impact or influence. Mm-hmm. So it's one of, so very important. This isn't just ideas in my head, so, but what are we doing? How does my faith live differently? How can I serve other people? How can I influence ripple effect? I think for a lot of young people, that's in, there's a huge disconnect. So when people disconnect from their faith quite often, it's usually multifaceted, but the people who are strong and going, they're like, they're consistently involved. The faith is going on in the home, um, but they're also living differently. They're doing things, and the church is helping them doing things to, to be a light in the world. Mm-hmm. You're really good at this. No, no, I'm not. Um, so just on that, I just it, read a lot. It, it reminded me of like a passage that we, we try and practice at home. And again, it's hard. Mm-hmm. Raising youth or raising children in yeah. this day and age is really difficult. But mm-hmm. um, in, in our family, one of the things that we try to do Um, In Deuteronomy chapter 11, it says, You shall therefore love the Lord your God and keep his charge, his statutes, his rules, and his commandments always. And a little later on, it says, You shall therefore lay up these words of mine in your heart and in your soul. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. So always keep them in your heart and in your mind. And then verse 19, it says, You shall teach them to your children, talking of them when you are sitting in your house and when you are walking by the way and when you lie down, and when you rise. Hmm. Um, and so my wife and I have been very, or I'm trying to be very intentional about um, when, it talk, when it comes to talking about faith, when it comes to talking about God, it should come easy. Like hmm. whenever we're talking about our day or anything like that, like just like talking about the weather or talking about yeah. what happened in school, it should come out naturally. And that takes effort, I think, especially mm-hmm. for me um, growing up in a culture where we didn't have those kind of you know, com- easy conversations with my parents. Like mm. I don't remember sitting down with my parents growing right. up and having heart-to-hearts or talking about how my day went. So it's a lot of work, but to get into the practice of talking about faith and talking about yeah. uh, prayer and trying to really, I don't really like using this word, but normalize it in the lives of our youth and our children. Yeah. Um, just plants that seed in, in their minds and in their hearts mm-hmm. that this is something that is important this is something that it should be the norm, um, mm-hmm. and this is nothing to you know be embarrassed about. Because um, yeah. I remember growing up in school, you know, dropping my fork and then sing, picking it up and saying my prayer on the way up, so I didn't have to pray in front of my friends. Mm. Um, because there's a little bit of that kind of I am different, as you're saying, mm. that a little bit of shame or embarrassment around that. Um, but trying to kind of help them uh, process that and work through, yeah. you know, this is a big part of who you are um, and who we are, Mm -hmm. and it's nothing to be embarrassed about and actually something that we should live out um, 
with 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 a bit of confidence um, in, yeah. the, in the face of a world that is filled with fear and and anxiety. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Th- thank you. So so what we're going to do is we're going to. Um, uh, pray in the minute before our final song this morning. We're going to pray, and, and William and I are going to go back and forth and lead us in those uh, prayers of the people. But William, thank you, and I, ho- I hope you do feel welcome. That's going to take a while to, to get to know people, and people get to know you. But this has been great. So thank you for taking some time to share some of those thoughts, and uh, God bless you. So thank you for taking these mm-hmm. time, these thoughts. Um. Uh, the breastplate of St. Patrick, I think this is a good word to close on uh, before we lead our prayers because we've been talking about keeping Christ at the center in life and in youth ministry and some of the other stuff as well. Um, and, and it's hard to know, you know, with some of these prayers that go back to people like St. Patrick, it didn't really come from Patrick. It's hard to know, but it's a beautiful prayer nevertheless. Um, and it's just about Christ uh, being all around us, just, just that we are encased in his grace. And so I think this is a, is a good word before our prayers. Christ, shield me this day. Christ, be with me. Christ, before me. Christ, behind me. Christ, in me. Christ, beneath me. Christ, in quiet and in danger. Christ, in hearts of all that love me. Christ, in mouth of friend and stranger. Amen. Isn't that beautiful?